I also try to be transparent about the state of the company. So, um, for example, in early days when we were growing, we had different circumstances that happened where the company was um, in some financial jeopardy. And, you know, you always have to make a choice on how much you really allow the organization to see that and mm -hmm. potentially panic versus just try to work through it. But my philosophy is, look, it's not fair for me to have information <clears throat> that, you know, allows me to make decisions and not have the people who are working with me have the same information so they can make decisions. That was Leroy Jones explaining how he used transparency to lead effectively. And that's just one of the many insights you will gain during today's show on leadership. This is MOB, Masterminds of Business, and I'm Gerald Johnson. Masterminds of Business is an uplifting and informative show about the accomplishments and challenges that entrepreneurs and corporate leaders face during their careers. Our guests have mastered the four building blocks of business, processes, people, customers, and resources through hard work and perseverance. During today's show, Val Lewis will delve into the people building block with Leroy Jones. We hope you'll be inspired by the tenacity of our masterminds, giving you the courage and the knowledge to conquer the hurdles that you face in your own life and career. A technologist by training, Mr. Jones held a number of software development positions in the defense contracting field. In the mid-1990s, he decided to transition into the healthcare industry and worked for startups, small businesses, and corporate healthcare organizations. In 2003, Mr. Jones decided to take the plunge as an entrepreneur and founded GSI Health, a cloud-based software company. The company provides solutions to unite patients, healthcare payers, care providers of all kinds, enabling whole person care to improve patients' health. Under his leadership, GSI Health has received many accolades, including Most Innovative Healthcare IT Company, USA, 50 admired companies to watch, and the top 50 most promising healthcare solution providers, just to name a few. Mr. Jones has been acknowledged and honored with awards as well for his leadership in business and in the community, Small Business Person of the Year, 2016 CEO of the Year, USA. Mr. Jones attributes his success as a leader to being transparent and establishing a culture where his people demonstrate a willingness to follow his vision and help him lead. His story begins shortly after college. Welcome, Leroy. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you so much for taking time out your day, carving a little bit of time out to share your background and experience with our audience. It's, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. It's my pleasure. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Can you tell me and our audience a little bit about your background and you know your early career experiences? Certainly. And so I'm a technologist um, by training. My undergraduate degree was in computer science. And uh, when I came out of college, I had a number of software development jobs, mainly in defense contracting. But um, back in the mid-90s, I sort of transitioned over into healthcare and um, really have built my career um, on healthcare ever since. 
And I uh, worked for a number of different companies early on, big companies like General Electric and small startup companies like, at the time, Care Management Science, and have always had sort of an entrepreneurial leaning, but was not really, even though I tried a number of times early on out of school to start companies, there were sort of small efforts and, and didn't really go very far and it wasn't until I, 2003 when the opportunity for GSI Health presented itself that I sort of took the deep plunge and, and moved into healthcare IT consulting, and that led to where we are today. So tell me a little bit. So I heard you say going from defense to healthcare. So some people would think that's not like a huge transition, right? So tell me a little <laughs> bit about what inspired you to start GSI Health? Yeah, so in terms of defense to healthcare, it's certainly, um, you know, everything I used to do required security clearances. It was very cloak and dagger. I like the idea of trying to help people get better rather than devise ways to hurt people or to defend people, things, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it. But GSI Health really is born out of an idea of how is it that we make healthcare and the delivery of healthcare in the United States in particular better, more efficient, and more accessible to those who need it in the population that we have here. And that's such a big problem that there's no one company that can really solve it all. So we decided that we want that as a vision, but we would have to contribute in our own particular way. And so... Um, at the in 2003, my company, the company I was at called Care Science, had just been acquired by another company, and I was their chief technology officer. And I had to decide whether I wanted to fight my way through this new company to to try to rise through its ranks, or to sort of cash in my stock options and um, go out on my own. And and I chose the latter because I thought that. I had learned enough in the healthcare technology space to take advantage of some of the emerging trends and really um, bring something that was, uh, if not unique to the market, at least something that was in its early stages. And that was taking advantage of healthcare data to try to move the needle in the way that healthcare is delivered. So you described the idea was born out of trying to serve a, a particular population. So can you talk a little bit about the population? Well, I think that healthcare as a whole in the United States for for all populations here is really being reformed and, and in need of reform. But what we've particularly fallen into over the last, I'll say, half dozen or more years is serving vulnerable and underserved populations such as those who are uninsured or on public insurance like Medicaid or safety net communities. Um, And what we found is it's a ripe population with lots of opportunity for improvement that can bring about what I call a win-win-win. The population gets the infusion of new technology and new energy, and their health care, in theory, will get better those populations tend to be more costly, and so investing in trying to bring down the cost of delivering care to those populations is a win for those who pay for care. And it's a win for healthcare at large because the mechanism to actually do better by those underserved populations is the improvement of the care management and population health management 
process, which ultimately will benefit every population. So I think that we've been really focused on a number of uh, vulnerable populations that have not just medical issues, but behavioral health issues, social and human service issues, and uh, what are sort of referred to as the social determinants of health being a major factor in the the quality of care that they uh, receive as well as the outcomes they have. So tell me a little bit about the important business lessons that you've learned. Well, um, certainly one has to have grit. Uh, You have to be able to stare into the abyss at multiple junctures in the growth of of an early stage business and believe that you're not going to fall in and that no matter how close to the edge that you come, you're going to be able to turn around and to back away. I think that that takes you know belief in oneself, takes belief in what you're doing and the product, and takes a certain level of resourcefulness and ability and willingness to do what it takes to be successful. And, and I think that my experience has been sticking it out has worked for more successful entrepreneurs than, than not. And so that's certainly one of the, the larger lessons. I'd say a, a second lesson would be to really have passion for what you're doing. And at least in my case, I think that I could certainly be an entrepreneur in a number of different kinds of companies, but I was very fortunate to fall into this industry where it has a personal connection to most of us and in my family where there are a lot of people who have chronic uh, diseases and, and other things. It was something that I felt like if I do well in my business, I can actually impact the lives of people that I that I know and love. And that, that kind of um, intrinsic motivation around uh, the mission that I, that I have personally aligning with the mission of the company is, is something that I think is a, is a good predictor of success. In your opinion, what makes you a successful leader? Well, it's really nice to get those kinds of external validations and, and recognitions. Um, but I think at the end of the day, uh, if you're going to be a leader, um, you have to have people who are willing to follow your lead. And so that really comes down to the people who work with me every day. And I think that one of the things I've found that have has had resonance with the people that I work with is they can see the the sincerity in what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to them about the mission that we have ultimately, and I, and I tie that into the things that we have to do as a company in order to be a viable uh, going concern, there's no schism there or no appearance of me trying to sort of put a, a nice layer of icing on what is really just a, a financially driven motivation. They see that, hey, we really can, and, and this is one of the maxims we have in our company, we really can do well by doing good. And so I think that when people see the sincerity in what you're trying to do, they're attracted to it. Or at least I'll say the people that we want in this company are attracted to that kind of thing. And that allows them to not just follow my lead, but to help me lead because they bring their own passions to the table and we're able to shape those into the, the company's direction. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I call that just being a, an authentic leader, you know, just being true to yourself and who you are and your vision. And folks get that. They sense your sincerity and, and your commitment to your own vision. 
just learned how Leroy Jones got from corporate America to GSI Health. This is MOB, Masterminds of Business, and I'm Gerald Johnson. This is our eighth episode, and if you like what you hear, write a review, and please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. A couple of quick programming notes. If you want to get in touch with us here at MOB, you can reach us at Sabacon Ideas on Twitter and on Facebook. That's S-A-B-A-C-O-N-I-D-E-A-S. Or visit us on the web at sabacon.net forward slash MOB. We like to be inspired to do great things. So if you're a mastermind and have a great story to tell or a question to ask, please reach out. I'm Gerald Johnson, and this is MOB, Masterminds of Business. Coming up, Val and Leroy discusses Leroy's leadership style. So how would you describe your leadership style? I guess there are a few things that I think are maybe hallmarks, at least the way I try to lead. One is I try to be transparent. And by transparent, I mean, I believe that work is is work, and it has its place and its level of importance, but people are working to facilitate their broader lives. And so I'm doing that, and I try to show people that, you know, look, I – I have family that's very important to me. I have, you know, life outside of work that's important to me. But my job is important to me as well. And I expect that you do too. And so that allows me to have or give degrees of flexibility to the people who are working in the company to accommodate their lives. I also try to be transparent about the state of the company. So, for example, in early days when we were growing, we had different circumstances that happened where the company was um, in some financial jeopardy. And, you know, you always have to make a choice on how much you really allow the organization to see that and Mm -hmm. potentially panic versus just try to work through it. But my philosophy is, look, it's not fair for me to have information that, you know, allows me to make decisions and not have the people who are working with me have the same information so they can make decisions. Everyone's risk tolerance is different. And so I try to be transparent about where we are so everyone can, can make their own decisions. And I'm happy to say that uh, that happened at least two times, I guess, in early days of the company. And in both uh, cases, you know, I think it made people more committed to the company and, um, you know, I think it and more committed to, uh, to me as their leader. So who were um, the mentors and leaders that had an impact on you as a leader? Oh, different, <laughs> different people over, uh, over the course of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, if I, even if I go all the way back to, to high school, I had a, a teacher who, uh, told me that I, I guess back then I was prone to, to make a lot of excuses for, for things. And he told me that, um, even the best excuse is just an excuse and nobody cares. Mm. And so I really <laughs> said, well, I think it's, I'm explaining. I'm not ex- making an excuse. He said, all right, even good explanations are just excuses and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I think I really took that to heart that, you know, no matter how right I feel I am, there's always a different perspective. And at the end of the day, I have to do what I said I'm going to do and do it with excellence. Another another person who was a mentor was sort of my first boss out of college. He He really took me under his wing and sort of walked the timeline with me. Where he, you know, even though I was I was young in my career, he said, 
look, if you want to be a CEO one day, you're going to have to do that by a certain age. And if you're going to do that, you have to have accomplished certain other things. So that only gives you this amount of time to decide if you're going to go to grad school and where, what you're going to, uh, what kind of positions you're going to have leading up to that, and certain things that you have to know and master before you can sit in that seat. And so, you know, I really appreciated him having a long view with me, even mm-hmm. though, you know, I was probably not prepared to digest it all at that time. But it certainly was something I hearkened back to over time. He gave you the timeline, huh? That's great. He yeah. did. He did. And I beat his timeline. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now I have, have to revise the timeline if I ever pass that on to someone else. Now, do you ever have occasion to go back to um, any of your mentors and, and reconnect with them and kind of say, hey, look what I did? You know, I did with, with, with that mentor. His name is Russ Frew, um, right around the time when I was uh, going to go to grad school. And, you know, I sort of gave him the trajectory I was on, and he sort of updated his timeline for me and gave me advice. But, you know, it's it's satisfying to to be able to give someone feedback when, you know, often if you're a mentor, you, you help someone out and you don't know necessarily what's become of them. So right. it was nice to be able to at least give them a, an interim update. Yeah, I think that feedback is critical. It's very important. So what is the biggest challenge facing leaders today that you see? I think that leaders in this age where there's so many options and so many ways to go about things, frankly, indecision has really plagued um, a lot of would-be leaders where, you know, people spend a lot of time analyzing and, and thinking instead of just trying to do things. And I'm a big believer in trying and failing and trying again and iterating your way to a, a path that's viable. I think that a lot of leaders who who are not as comfortable with what they're trying to do have lost some of the experimentation um, instinct and, you know, have sought to try to, you know, fully understand everything before they even get started. And, and I think that's unfortunate because I think that you'll never understand everything. <laughs> so you really have to just sort of get out there and, and do things. And, you know, what you'll find is you're able to make your own way. Even if you try to study something and, and it seems one way today, when you get in there and add your uh, your ingredients to the mix, you'll find that it changes and you're able to do things that maybe others wouldn't been able to predict. So I think that sort of self-starting and willingness to to try and fail and try again is something that, you know, is, is, is an obstacle for leaders. You have been listening to Val Lewis and Leroy Jones discuss how being transparent with your employees can encourage employees' loyalty and how indecision leads to poor leadership and underperforming organizations. I'm Gerald Johnson, and this is MOB, Masterminds of Business. And if you want to get in touch with us here at MOB, you can reach us at Sabacon Ideas on Twitter and on Facebook. That's S-A-B-A-C-O-N-I-D-E-A-S. Or visit us on the web at sabacon.net forward slash MOB. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you're a mastermind and you have a great story to tell or a question to ask, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We continue with Val Lewis and Mr. Jones discussing Mr. Jones' advice for first-time leaders.
So someone going into a leadership position for the first time, what advice would you give them? Uh, well, I would tell them. To run? Um, no, don't do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say make sure that you have a sense of urgency about what you're doing mm-hmm. so that you can move forward quickly but not recklessly. So even though I'm a fan of um, trying things out, I think that you should try things out based on some sound foundation and and plan on what you're attempting to do. And so I would say, you know, spend some time planning, but don't get paralyzed by your planning process. Make sure you validate um, what you're you're trying to do um, early. And don't be afraid to talk about what you're trying to do. In fact, you should talk about it at every juncture. And I've seen, you know, in the case of entrepreneurs, there's often this uh, reluctance to tell people what you're doing because you think someone's going to steal your secret sauce yes. or copy your idea. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> it, that's just not true. You there's enough tell There's it. enough to go around, right? Enough there's ideas enough to, to go, go around. around. Hey, look, you should want someone to, if someone else steals your idea and starts doing it, let them take some of the, the falls and you can, you know, <laughs> step on them on your way towards success. But, there you go. You know, I think that People are really guarded about what they think are unique ideas, and, and I found the exact opposite to be true. When you start to tell people about what you're doing, not only do you get more confident about it, not only do does your story get better, but people will add to it, and they'll help you make your ideas better. And so um, I think leaders should be very communicative and, and willing to share the vision over and over again so that they can make it better when people respond to what they're saying. So in the last few minutes that we have on the podcast, I want to just ask you, what's next on the horizon for Leroy Jones, GSI Health? For the company, we have some goals internally about how we want to make an impact as well as how valuable we want the company to be. And so um, as a company, we've been talking about all right, in 2018, how valuable of a company do we want this to be in 2019, in 2020, et cetera? So we try to set some objectives and then think about what is it that one has to do in order to justify that value from an external evaluator. Um, so I think that we have a number of milestones internally that, that are, um, are focused around that, and I'm really, I'm really anxious to just sort of fast forward and see where where it all turns out because I think we have some really big goals with respect to impacting healthcare, being able to improve care plans, really make a difference for populations that are, are underserved. Um, and so I, I'm you know I'm I can't wait for for time to pass so I can see how it how it turns out. But for me, you know, that's part of part of uh, life. But I also have. Uh, a son who's going to be a senior in high school and who's looking to figure out his own path. And, you know, I really, um, I really am relishing in, in trying to give him the benefit of my perspective. But it's much more exciting to, to look at things through his eyes and through my daughter's eyes, who's, who's just entering high school, and just imagine where they're going. So, so actually, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next several years as they start to um, experience life and, and, you know, do things that I've, I've never even done or thought about. And so I can sit back and vicariously yeah. live through them. Yes. Enjoy the fruit of your labor, right? 
<laughs> enjoy the fruit of my labor or to, you know, to, to revel in their successes is, you know, they're not, I don't think either of them are going to walk the same path that I walked, but, you know, whatever they do, I'm positive they're going to be successful. And, and I look forward to trying to help them any way I can. Well, I'm sure they will be successful. So Leroy, I'd like to just really thank you for taking time to share your wisdom and your experience as a successful business owner and as a leader. Um, I really appreciate your insight and um, just your willingness to be very open and transparent and, and share with our, with our audience. Well, I thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, I think having podcasts like this that uh, encourage leaders to, to do what they do and to help others who are moving forward uh, is a wonderful thing. And so thank you for giving me this uh, pulpit and happy to preach here anytime. Thanks so much. I want to thank Val Lewis and especially Mr. Leroy Jones from GSI Health for taking the time to be on our podcast here with us today. Here's what I learned from Val and Leroy's discussion. Number one, transparency with your employees will lead to employee loyalty. Number two, have a sense of urgency. Move forward quickly, but not recklessly. Number three, don't be afraid to talk about your plans. You have what you say. Number four, this has been said a number of times by a number of people, set goals and milestones. And number five, iterate your way to success by trying and failing and trying again. Well, that's it for today. I also want to thank our engineer extraordinaire, Frank Sterling. If you want to learn more about GSI Health, please see the show notes for the link to GSI Health's website. If you want to get in touch with us here at MOB, you can reach us at sabacon.net forward slash MOB or at Sabacon Ideas on Twitter and on Facebook. That's S-A-B-A-C-O-N-I-D-E-A-S. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please write a review. And remember... Until next time, nothing happens unless you make it happen.